Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Be, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to light and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I have Brielle Brazil, who is a food freedom and breathwork coach. Brielle spent most of her life hating her body and being at war with food. She went through a 12-year battle with bulimia and experienced many mental health diagnoses through her 20s. She started her healing journey working with a therapist and then continued her recovery as she moved abroad. She began the practice of breathwork about two years ago and has found a deep, trusting connection with her body she never knew was possible. She has healed deep sexual childhood and worthiness wounds all through the power of her breath. She is a certified breathwork facilitator and food freedom coach. Brielle helps other women heal their relationship with food and their body, and most importantly, themselves. Hey, hey, Brielle, how are you today? I am doing so well. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Heidi. I am so excited to have you here, Brielle. I didn't share this with you earlier in our pre-podcast, but I consider you truly, truly like the princess of breathwork. If our coach, Samantha Skelly, is the queen, I love watching you do your magic and breathe people. Um, I've experienced it firsthand, and I'm just so grateful that you're on here to talk about your personal journey, your personal story, and how powerful breathwork has been throughout all of your trauma. Yeah, I'm so excited to share all that today. Well, before we get to all the goodies of breath work, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and your kind of junk to joy story? Sure. So I grew up um, not knowing how to feel my emotions or not knowing how to process them. So that was never taught in my family. And so later in life, what that manifested into was an eating disorder. And I, you know, had this 12 year stint with bulimia and I didn't know this at the time, but I, I know this all now in hindsight through the work that I've done and through being able to look back on my journey. But what I was essentially doing and using food ads is, you know, food was my drug. Food was my way to stuff down my feelings that I didn't know how to feel. Food was my way to bottle things up and not talk about them because I wasn't taught how to, and I didn't know how to. So essentially I used food for a very long time, you know, plus 12 years as a drug, as a way to try to control, as a way to try to manage, you know, my body, my emotions, because I didn't know how. And then for me, it was like the purging, the actual act of self-induced vomiting from the bulimia was my release of emotion. So I wasn't having that normal, natural reaction to anger of, okay, let's just release this anger by screaming or by punching a pillow. You know, I wasn't, I I didn't cry for like several, like a long time, like years I would go without crying and, and not feeling, you know, very human, normal, natural feelings. And so that purge to me was like the release of bottled up emotions and of suppressed emotions 
that I had. And that served me, you know, for a very long time until it, it didn't and it couldn't anymore. And, you know, with my recovery, I had to get to a point where I was done. I was so done. And, you know, I had tried before many times throughout my 20s. I had been in an eating disorder facility. I had been in a mental hospital. I had, you know, sought out different therapists. But, you know, in the beginning stages and in my early mid 20s, I was always doing it for somebody else. I was either trying to go to therapy for my mom or go to therapy for my ex-boyfriend or to for him to not break up with me or, you know, whatever. It was always kind of like this last ditch effort of like, no, like, please still love me. Like still be here for me. Like, let me go save myself. Like you save me and let me try now, you know, but it was never in those early stages. It wasn't for myself. And, um, and so it was never successful. It never, it never stuck because I wasn't, there was no part of me that thought I needed help or that thought, you know, that was what I needed to do for myself. Um, I kind of thought, you know, that this is, this is how my life is going to be. This is, this is what it is. And I stayed stuck in that for a really long time. And I think, you know, the beginning of my recovery was a, a big part of it was me be, starting to be surrounded by a really supportive group of women um, through a dance community that I was a part of. And it was a group of women where um, I could come to this dance studio and it was the first place where I ever walked into in my life where I felt fully accepted as myself in all of in all of my pieces with my flaws with my insecurities with everything and so that community was enough to uplift me just the amount that i needed and you know even if i didn't fully feel worthy yet which i didn't and you know and i still have moments but it was enough to give me enough hope and enough worth of like okay i do need help and i am worth seeking out that help. And like I said, it wasn't a huge amount. I didn't feel a huge amount of worthiness. I really didn't. But it, I got to the place where I was done and I got to the place where I was like, okay, I'm, I, it was like a surrender. Like I'm throwing in the towel. Like I can't do this fight anymore. And I know I can't do it alone. I know I can't do it alone. I've tried, you know, I tried doing it alone for all the time and it never worked. I linked up with a, a therapist in Northern Virginia where I lived for five years. And we started on an almost two year journey together, working through a lot of, a lot of different traumas and wounds and sexual trauma and childhood trauma. And, you know, that was the beginning of, of my healing journey. Um, and that was back in, in 2016. And, and since then, I've just gone deeper. Since then, I have not really looked back. I feel like there hasn't really been a chance to look back, which is great. But things have come back on different levels. The things that I healed with my therapist, you know, back in 2016, they're resurfacing now for me and they're resurfacing to be healed at a different level for where I'm at in my life now. You know, breathwork has been a a huge part of my healing journey in the last two years. So I'm really excited to, to share about that and, um, and to spread this message of hope for those that are suffering today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much for um, sharing so vulnerably with us and for going back to really share kind of the progression of how things went through your journey. And I think it's really important that people, a couple of things that you said were, you know, you didn't know that you had a problem. 
you didn't know that this was really an issue for you. Other people pointed it out. Other people asked you to get help and you didn't want, all you wanted was love and acceptance. So you thought, okay, I'll just do whatever they need me to do to stay love and accepted. And it wasn't really until you decided that you wanted to be loved and accepted by the people that saw you for who you were. And I wanted to ask you too, when you found that dance community, did those people know that you had bulimia? Did they see those parts of you? Was it, what made you feel so accepted and seen in that community? Yes, that's a great question. So this community is actually a really big dance community, um, several hundred people. And you know, the classes are, are full. It's in a warehouse and it's like two to 300 people per class. So some people did know, right? So I, I opened up very vulnerably to the owner of the studio, to some of the instructors and to some people that I had really gotten to know. And I think for me, what it was, was like, she had created, the owner had created this safe container in her dance studio. She had created this space for people to come as they are. And she expressed that, you know, it was known. Like she told her people, like, this is a safe place. You come here with, you know, your flaws, your insecurities, everything you're going through. And we accept you no matter what. Like she said that it was verbalized and it was very much known. And, you know, part of the dance community, there was a stage where people would dance on a stage and you would see it was the most diverse in Northern Virginia, just so diverse. And it was the most diverse group of people you would see up on the stage. You would see all people of every race. You would see every age. You would see children. You would see, you know, 80-year-old women. You would see all shapes and sizes, you know, uh, all different body types as well of people that were on the stage just shaking their asses essentially like <laughs> getting it. And, you know, that kind of confidence as well that was modeled to me of like, here are all these people, here are all these women and men that are all different sizes mm -hmm. and they are up there on the stage in front of like hundreds of people just shaking it, letting everything jiggle, like letting it go. And that's where a lot of that confidence and that, you know, trust started for me was in the, you know, both through dancing and in that community and with that support system. Ah, uh, I love that so much because this is part of the reason why I wanted this podcast so badly is because it's those moments of hope. It's those moments of, I see someone who doesn't look just like me, who I wouldn't assume mm -hmm. would feel the type of joy, the type of freedom, the type of aliveness that I desire mm -hmm. within myself and they're doing it. How are they doing it? How are they doing it? Okay, totally. there's hope. There is hope. If there are all these people mm -hmm. who can find this type of happiness and shake it, shake what their mama gave them and not <laughs> worry about what everybody's thinking and saying and what type of clothes you're going to wear to the class and how your hair looks and what makeup you're going to wear. And you know, what totally. if I don't know the steps? So we just put so much chaos on ourselves before we step into a space, which is why these communities that you and I are growing within our coaching practice, within your breathwork practice, um, within these membership tribes and things that we're putting out there, that is why we do it because we want people who think, we want people to know that there's hope and then be dropped into a safe space where people get it, where people come to become mm -hmm. the next level of themselves. And I know that when I was going through my divorce, I felt like I had so many friends and family who were so close to me, but they wouldn't get it. There's no way that they could have gotten it because A, they didn't go through food and body struggle. I had severe body dysmorphia mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. 
they didn't know. They didn't know. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through my divorce, none of them had ever been through a divorce. So mm -hmm. all I craved yeah. was a community of people who understood exactly where I was at that my family wouldn't have judged me and they would have given me so much love, but to get the love and connection from people who have been where you've been is just Absolutely. something it's new. It's so important. It's so something important. New. It's been a huge part of my healing journey is finding groups of people, groups of women in particularly that I feel safe with and that I can fully be myself and fully be vulnerable with. It's really, it's really great that you shared that Brielle about the dance, because I think it's so in the community piece, because the community piece is truly what saved me as well. And for a while I thought, why am I going to pay for that? Why am I going to pay to be part of a group and get a coach or get a mentor? Why am I going to pay for that? And my busy brain tricked me time and time again mm -hmm. until I finally went because I thought, how am I going to pay to be in a circle of a bunch of strangers and that's going to mm -hmm. heal me? You know, I roll, <laughs> I roll, I roll. Lo and behold, when you yep. join a group of strangers and you have a financial commitment, which is just an investment in yourself, right? It's it's not mm -hmm. even the money. It's just like an investment in my energy. It's an investment right. where my energy is going to go, where my time's going to go, where my focus is going to go and where my heart is going to go to grow. When I mm -hmm. invest in that type of a thing, mm -hmm. in that type of a space with people who are there for the same intentions, it's different than just your gal pals who you met from high school. It's different than Absolutely. just your family reunion in your group that you go to, you know, have potlucks and throw water balloons around. It's different. And mm -hmm. I just, I love that you brought that up of true transformation and mm -hmm. signing up to be a part of something that's bigger than where you're at right now. Absolutely. The other piece of what you said with the dance community, because to me it was showing up, but it also was the energy within your body. And here's where maybe a good transition is when you move your body. And I know through my fitness years and also now just like testing out different dance classes and things myself just for fun. I was never a dancer, but I love dancing. Mm -hmm. There's a type of electricity and current and breath that runs mm -hmm. through your body. And when you're done, it's this sensations that are difficult to describe. And I can only yeah. imagine that perhaps this was kind of the beginning of moving into breath work for you. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that, that, that feeling, those sensations of just like pure bliss and joy that come like they can come after an exercise class, you know, but for me now I'm really getting them after my breathwork session. And some people are like, what the heck are you talking about? Like you just breathe. And I'm like, no, it, you don't just breathe. Like it's different than that. Right. So breathwork is, it's, it's very intentional breathing and, and we use the breath in certain intentional ways to actually evoke emotion that's been stuck in our body. And, um, suppressed in our body. And this is really, really common for people that have disordered eating tendencies, that have issues with food, that have issues with their body to suppress their emotions, you know, because as you and I know, um, but maybe the audience, some people that listening, maybe they don't, um, our issues with food and body, they're not about the food and they're not about our bodies. They're about, you know, our inability or, or not knowing how to deal with our emotions. So breath work um, came about to me, you know, almost two years ago through pause breath work and, and our leader in hungry for happiness, Samantha. And I was like, what is this? But I was already on this healing path and I decided to embark in it and give it a try. And I had no idea the way that it would actually change my life. You know, I didn't have my bulimia anymore when I began 
breath work. But what I still had and what I didn't realize I still had was this disconnection from my body. I was kind of just going through the motions every day and I didn't really live inside of my body. It felt like I, you know, mostly lived in my head. Um, and it felt like I was most of the time was like out of my body, like not even fully present in my body. And so breath work has been a beautiful way for me to actually get present in my body, to connect into my body and to heal the issues that, you know, my body were and things my body was still holding on to at an even deeper and more intimate level. That's so good what you said, because I think there's so many people, I talk about this so many times when I go live and I think that there's a bunch of crickets out there that are just like, what is she talking about? But the way you described it of really being on autopilot outside of your body, when in fact, mm-hmm. so much of what we need and people, people understand what intuition is really like that gut check, but it's mm-hmm. rare that we actually stop and breathe and listen to our intuition and then respond to life and then take mm-hmm. action from that version of ourselves because we're so busy operating outside of our bodies and in our busy brains. And so can you talk a little bit about the types of things that you healed before breath work and then how those things changed as a result of breath work? Same thing, different way. Yeah, totally. Actually, I would love to talk about a big thing that's been present for mine in my breathwork healing is trauma. So our body actually holds on to traumas from when we were, you know, came out of the womb, maybe even still in the womb inside of our mother's bellies. So the body holds trauma throughout our entire lives. And there's a very particular kind of way that we actually need to release the the trauma from the body or our body continues to hold on to things. And we continue to actually invite in more experiences for that trauma to be re-traumatized because we're still holding onto it in our nervous system. So I'll give you an example. My, my sexual trauma I had when I was in college, I had sexual trauma in college and it was something that I healed and I worked through and I worked on when I was with my therapist pre breath work, when I was still living um, in the state and we used a method called EMDR and it was, you know, a kind of a brain, it was working a lot with the brain and rewiring the brain. And at the time it was very helpful. It was a very intense, like six week process. We really went into it. It was very emotional. It brought up a lot of emotions. So it did work on that level and there was a rewiring of the brain, you know, and then fast forward and here we are today. And in the last several months, my breathwork practice has actually been me releasing trauma from my, from my body. So that was a lot of mind work. And what I'm doing now with, with breathwork and what I'm realizing in my practice is when I breathe in this intentional way and I have you know a breathwork facilitator guiding me and holding space for me, a lot of my trauma is resurfacing in my body and actually being released through my body. And that happens um, with movement and breath. So it happens and my body will start shaking. And that is actually my body's way of releasing trauma as I am breathing. Wow. That is a really great description of this. You know, I've had different clients ask me, do you think my body remembers? Because I feel so heavy this week. 
I feel, I feel like everything hurts this week. I feel like, and I try to get them to remember, is there anything that happened around this time in your past that was painful for you? And I can't even tell you the number of times where, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. This is the week that I got divorced. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. This is the week that my dad died. Oh my gosh, this mm -hmm. is the week that I began my recovery from my eating disorder. So mm -hmm. I truly believe that the body does remember different Absolutely. elements of our trauma. And I want you to, I was going to ask if you could speak to this too, because I think people hear, hear the word trauma and they think sexual abuse, they think, um, you know, uh, death of a sibling or a parent or things like that. These right. really, really huge emotional things that mm -hmm. just almost seem unreal to the mind that 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 could right. happen to somebody. However, what about the people who maybe got picked on in second grade Absolutely. and that carries through and it, it can be these like micro moments of just these things that stick with us. And then we're like, well, that's just silly. Even as adults, even as right now in our twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, whatever range you're at as an adult, there's day, there's things that happen on the daily where, you know, somebody said to me the other day, I hate to say it, well, they won't listen, but it was just like, did you even get ready today? And I was like, <laughs> I actually did get ready today. And for a second, my mm -hmm. ego went, ouch, ouch. Mm -hmm. Oh, I must be gaining weight or I, I it's because I haven't dyed my hair in three months and I need to put on more makeup or what, like all these things from way back when, when you're trying to catch up to what mm -hmm. society thinks you should be. And I know that this person didn't mean that at all, right? This person is somebody that loves me very, very much just the way that I am. But those little teeny snippets of totally. things that are trauma. Totally. They are trauma, 100%. So yeah, I talk about my sexual trauma and that's a bigger one, but I have all kinds of other trauma. And trauma is, is anything where you are not getting a need met. And that could be all the way back in childhood. And that could be getting an emotional need met, right? So if we go back to like me talking about how in my family growing up, like we didn't talk about our emotions and I was kind of felt like the black sheep in my family where I was really sensitive and I had a lot of emotion, but I didn't know what to do with them because they weren't met. They weren't accepted. So that is a trauma. The fact that I feel like I have these emotions and I don't know what to do with them or I can't share them with, with my parents or whatever, that is a trauma in my body, right? It's, it's not physical abuse. It's not, it doesn't seem extreme. You know, nobody died, but it's a trauma, right? So traumas are, are anything where we were not getting met with our needs. And so that trauma has actually resurfaced in my life today to where, you know, a group of, of women that I have, I'm finding the same thing. I'm not getting my emotional needs met in that group. And it's because my body is still holding on to that trauma and that story that I'm too sensitive and I'm too emotional and that's too much. And people can't hold that space for me. And so now I'm literally seeing certain areas, not everywhere. I do have amazing people that can, but certain areas where people can't hold that space for me. It's because that trauma is resurfacing. Mm, that's so good because I feel like this is actually way more common um, in today's society is that people don't have the ability to express. It's, it's amazing that we've learned so much our, about our, our human bodies and our emotionality over the last, I would even say like decade, not even like couple of years, mm -hmm. it's really starting to evolve. Um, but the world, as the world is awakening, but so many of us who grew up um, in with parents as the baby boomers, right? 
Um, they mm-hmm. weren't really taught their, their parents who grew up in the great depression weren't taught. It was like survival mode. Let's just hold it all in. Let's just grind. Let's just farm and take care of the family and put the food that we can on the family and let's work hard and let's get it done and let's save our pennies. So Mm -hmm. all of these generational wounds, it's not that our parents did a bad job or their parents did a bad job or their parents did a bad job. It's just the reality is, is that no place over the last couple of generations have mm-hmm. we been taught to understand how to express our emotions? Have we understood that male and female expression is important in both male and female? So it's important that men are able to express their feminine side and females mm-hmm. are allowed to express their masculine side. Mm-hmm. But we put ourselves in these boxes to try to operate globally mm-hmm. for so long that as mm-hmm. much work as people are trying to put on the front lines and express out, it's just, it's just feels like it's never enough. So I think there's so many people that need to hear that breath work is so powerful because you can really move through your emotionality in such a private space and return back into your, into your life as, Mm -hmm. as the version of you that can serve others, that can show up to your own life for others. Absolutely. You know, and just taking it one step further, it's like the ability that I'm able to connect with myself. I can honestly say that breathwork has had an amazing healing effect on so many of my relationships. So it's like the more that I can go within and heal these traumas, big or small, whatever they are, heal my emotional landscape, release, you know, the things that are holding me back and not serving me and come back and connect with my truth, connect with my, my intuition and who I really am and what I really believe. And I can do that all in a breathwork session. And it's like, the more that I do that, it heals my relationships. It heals my relationship with my husband. It heals my relationship with my family, heals my relationship with my friends. Like there's this huge ripple effect to everyone that I'm in contact with. I love breathwork because, um, you can do it anywhere, anytime. For any length mm-hmm. of time. So can you kind of just describe a little bit about what that looks like? Because I've used it in meetings without anybody knowing. I've used it oh, very annoying. privately in like 90 minute sessions. I've used it, you know, any anywhere from 60 seconds to, to two hours I've done this. And can you kind of describe what that looks like for people who have never experienced it? Totally, totally. So there's, there's two different kinds, right? We're talking about integrative where we're using tools that we can use in a meeting when we're in an argument with our, our spouse or our mom or our son, you know, things that we can use real time. And then there's that meditative that is for deeper healing for releasing of the trauma, for releasing of the emotionality that's done in a longer session, you know, with a trained facilitator. But the integrative part is so huge because I think you said it earlier, you were talking about how so often we just react in situations. And, you know, I believe that most of life isn't about what happens. The situations that happen to us are really for us, but it's about how we respond to them, mm-hmm. right? It's about how we deal with it and how we cope with it. And we can use breath when we are in a state of fight or flight, when we are in a state of high stress, when we are in a state of overwhelm, anxiety, whatever sensation comes on to help regulate our nervous system and to kind of bring tone down. If we are either, you know, about to flee the scene or about to fight someone, we can tone that down and, 
and calm our nervous system. And, you know, one of the, I'll give an example for the audience. One of the easiest ways to, I think, to start doing this work is just by using conscious, continual breaths. And that is just in through the nose and out through the mouth. And it's done in a relaxed, gentle way. So it's just like, right? And if you can take six of those, just six, that's it. You actually go into a place called heart resonance where you're able to be more in a heart-centered space than in a reactionary fear-based mind space. Mm, I love that. I just was taking breaths when you were taking them and it's, it's amazing how quickly you can shift into being centered or calm and how quickly you can spiral out of it which is why breath work is so powerful because you could sit and do it for a couple of hours and then you leave and somebody's burning a grilled cheese in your kitchen and mm-hmm. you snap into another mindset mm-hmm. and then you can use breath again to bring yourself to a new state so you can really like you said you can do this integratively um i've i've done this so many times when i'm in used to work in the corporate world so when i was in meetings mm-hmm. with people just to kind of like i could feel almost like my blood start to boil and that just yes. like i don't agree with this situation i want to yell at these people right. but people mm-hmm. can't hear you when you yell no matter how loud you think that you are they can right. hear you with your heart so it's right. so much more powerful when we can just calm down and allow people to hear us from our heart. But I also use this in my coaching sessions. Uh, One of our girls Mm -hmm. was asking me the other day, I'm a mentor for hunger for happiness. And one of the girls was asking like, well, what happens when you're coaching somebody and you take on their energy? So as a very empathic person, somebody who takes on Mm -hmm. energy and sensations and emotionality really easily, I used to be the girl who you called me up and I would connect with you immediately, whether you were angry or sad or happy, whatever you were, I would chameleonize too, because I wanted to be on a level yeah. to just yeah. like be with you and relate to you. And I've realized mm-hmm. now that that's so not helpful. It's just helpful for me to be me and to validate mm-hmm. what someone is feeling, but to just stay in my own energy. So I've really used breath work when I'm in a coaching session with someone else and I start to feel their energy really start to come mm-hmm. in heavy to awesome. take those deep conscious connecting breaths and recenter my soul. They don't even know that it's happening, but it's, it's for right. me and it's for that client. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And it it doesn't have to be a client. It could be a friend that you're talking to on a call or your mom when she's really worked up because your dad's driving her nuts or whatever it is. It's just, it's such a beautiful, beautiful practice. So what's been, what's been probably the most life changing thing about breath work for you? Oh my gosh, there's so many, but I think it's just that, I think it's this deep sense of connection safety and trust within myself, within my body, you know, having life experiences I had, I often felt disconnected on my body because I didn't feel safe to be in it. It felt, it felt unsafe. It felt not like a home, not like a place I could be. And so I think for me, it's really been life-changing to bring innate safety, a sense of self-trust, a sense of connection, and just being able to be inside of this vessel of mine. I know it's not everything, you know, my spirit lives outside of my body, but to actually be grounded in my vessel and to feel okay here and to feel like this is home 
and, and I'm great with where I live in my home of my body, um, is a place I never really thought I could get. And it, it's changed everything for me. Mm, I love how you describe that too, just because I, I shared with you earlier before we taped that when I was going through my divorce, it wasn't until the very end of my food and body journey that I actually realized that a big piece of getting divorced was me not loving myself, me not being comfortable in my body, me not loving who I was yet. And so as a result, you go to the external and you try to figure out how to get it from someone or something else or project it on someone or something else. So to truly be able to know that this is the container, this body is just the vessel that contains everything that is my essence, that is my truth, that is my being. And right now at a time where people are feeling so uncomfortable and so unsafe and so uncertain because of the worldly mm -hmm. things that are going on, you guys, there are breathwork facilitators like Brielle and a collective out there that are providing this service right now mm -hmm. where you can find safety in your body in seconds, in mm -hmm. seconds, in seconds or yeah. in sessions, you know, you can do a long session or a few seconds. And regardless, like you can harness this safety that feels so uncertain right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of free resources on my Instagram page, um, for those shorter integrative breathwork sessions. So if that's something that, you know, you're listening and, and you're finding that this is something I need in my life, um, you know, that'll be in the, the notes of course, but I have a lot of videos of shorter sessions you can do and, um, resources for you. Yeah. Why don't you share with everybody? Like, like you said, all, everything will be in the show notes, but where can keep people get more of you? Where can they find you right quick? Absolutely. So yeah, my Instagram handle is Brielle Brazil and that's B R I E L L E and Brazil with an S underscore coaching. So, um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I am sharing all my breathwork tools, all my breathwork strategies, we can connect there. If you don't have Instagram, I do have Facebook. So it's just Brielle Brazil again with an S. So yeah, we can connect on social media or you can send me an email. If, if you're, if you're old school and you like email, that will be in the show notes as well. <laughs> oh, this is so good, Brielle. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you shared all of this. Um, I always end cup of joy, the podcast with two closing questions. So if you don't mind humoring me, the first one mm -hmm. is, um, what do you love most about yourself? You know, I think I love most about myself. I think it's my, it's either my smile or my laugh. And I feel that they're connected, you know, because it, it's my smile and my laugh that is able to express that innate, that innate feeling, you know, we're, we're born happy. We're not born miserable. We're not born suffering. Um, so when I'm smiling and when I'm laughing, I think I feel, you know, in my truest, my truest form, my truest state. That just makes me smile. <laughs> and the last question is, what does joy feel like? Oh, that's perfect follow-up. For me, joy is like, I feel it in my body now. It feels, it feels expansive. It feels light. It feels like things, you know, are coming together. It feels like things are just have this flow, you know, and when I can actually be in flow with life, which again, a lot of that's come from breath work, it feels joyful. You know, I'm no longer battling myself. I'm no longer battling the parts of me that I used to be so at war with either my body or, you know, certain insecurities or, or flaws or mistakes I make, you know, joy feels like 
self-compassion. It feels like a forgiveness of self and, you know, an ease to let go of the past and move forward. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. If you guys want to get more of Brielle and you want to find your flow and have ease and have release and have safety and have comfort and find all this magic through breathwork, please reach out to her right away and don't delay. You deserve, you really, really deserve all that you desire. So thank you so, 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 so much for coming on, Brielle. You're just a beautiful beam of light in this world. And I'm, oh. I'm, I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful that you came on to share. It was such an honor, Heidi. Seriously, thank you so much for having me on the show. All right, well, we will talk soon. for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.